the upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production. The fans are cheering for WrestleFest 94, a must for your video library. Packed with exclusive matches like Brett the Hitman Hart taking on the Mammoth Diesel and the Macho Man Randy Savage squaring off against the model Rick Martell. Also, special features like Macho Man Fashion Tips and MOM WrestleFest Rap, Coliseum Corner with Jerry Lawler, and much, much more. WrestleFest 94, slamming in the video stores June the 29th. All right, let's get it going right here or right now. This is New Generation Declassified, and you're listening to an all-new New Generation Declassified here exclusively on the two-man power trip of wrestling podcasting empire. If you didn't know by now, my name is Chad, and every single week we take that journey back in time, and we go back and look at the finer days of the WWF. Back to the mid-'90s we go. Uh, you do that every week and it seems like we have a lot of fun doing it. So let's continue the trend, but a little bit of a crossover as, uh, recommended by, uh, our great, good friend and listener of the show. One Scott Smith, uh, a Coliseum Chad sort of, uh, favorite mixed with this new generation declassified universe. And that is, uh, the Coliseum video tape of WrestleFest 1994, uh, an all-time great, a, a tape I've referenced many a times on both uh, the couple episodes of Coliseum Chad as well as uh, the new generation. Now, Coliseum Chad, look, I'm going to just repeat this again. I would love to continue the show. The problem with doing Coliseum Chad is, is I can't just talk every single week. I need to have a little bit more of a uh, polished, uh, I guess, uh, template for a show. And the couple interviews I wanted fell through, and it just hasn't been... Uh, resurfaced since i i ended episode three so if you're waiting for it you might have to wait a little longer but it's not dead that's for sure it's just taking a break so uh maybe sooner or later coliseum chad episode four uh wrestlefest 94 is going to be the topic like i said but i want to mention a little bit of the new generation love going on in the toy world as this past san diego comic-con revealed a ton of of uh, new generation related releases coming to a figure shelf near you. And as the wrestling figure uh, world grows, and this might be something I have to have uh, our buddy, our great good friend, and one of my favorite listeners of the show, Mr. Mike Durband of the Mike Durband Show and of Get My Go fame, uh, have him come on to talk about the figures that have been coming out lately for the new generation and just how they are unbelievable. And, uh, man, it kind of makes you wonder what we missed as um, as kids. Huh? What if we were growing up now with some of this really cool stuff? We might uh, have the ability to uh, make some of those fantasies become a reality. But nonetheless, um, we get to see what they've got coming out now. And it's pretty uh, it's pretty sweet. These new uh, action figures that are coming out they are in the Mattel retro style. Uh, they are absolutely out of this world. Um, and this is a sidebar. Uh, I'm not even talking about the amazing No Holds Barred set that goes in the previous generation, the, uh, the classic WWF uh, Legends era, you know, the, uh, the great 
pre new generation years, but they had the unbelievable um, San Diego Comic-Con exclusive of uh, No Holds Barred featuring Hulk Hogan as Rip and Zeus in a VHS inspired package. Just an unbelievable uh, display. And I honestly, uh, <laughs> I tried to get on to order it when it was available, but I did not make it in time. But the new generation, uh, just absolutely shining. Um, how about the uh, the Coliseum collection? Um, it's another one from the Legends era, the Hulk Hogan. It looks like the white shirt uh, Hulk. Unbelievable. But in the new generation, we have those uh, retro Hasbro style figures that are coming out. We've got Jerry the King Lawler. You've got Doink the Clown. You've got uh, the Heart Foundation, which could be the Legends era or the new generation because they kind of look like both. Uh, you've got yourself uh, Lex Luger in the All-American gear. Just a, uh, an, a just an unreal collection and, and a nice assortment, as well as some other Bret Hart figures that will be coming out. But it's all about those retros. And uh, what I guess would have been the Masters of the Universe line that they had uh, going for a little while that, that ended up going by the, uh, by the wayside. Uh, they turned them into more of a classic um, Remco style of the um, AWA figures. And these are just another really cool set of a tribute to uh, the 90s with the different selection of figures that they have coming out but it's uh it's really cool to see you know <laughs> even with the legends era i mean these are just figures you never thought would see the light of day ever again especially in the 90s and even in the 2000s with the classic superstars you didn't think some of these would ever kind of hit the um the mainstream in the way that they are but figure collecting is uh at an absolute all-time high and you can't deny i guess the uh the profitability that mattel sees by selling these classic figures in these classic styles. It almost makes you see, you know, some of the newer figures and this is not crapping on the, uh, you know, the new guys, but seeing them and thinking like, man, are they going to make a, uh, you know, a Seamus figure in 30 years or a, uh, a new day triple pack in 30 years? You know, as I'm looking at the Coliseum collection with uh, the Hulk Hogan, that thing is unbelievable. So it's uh, yeah, it's very cool, but new generation getting love all over the place. And that's never a bad thing. That's for uh, for damn sure. Oh, how about the Ross sign? That was another great one with the one, two, three kid and the $10,000 bag and the Razor Ramon and the gold, or excuse me, in the green like he was that night against the kid. Come on. That's just, that's ridiculously cool. And coming your way for those that collect uh, those figures. Um, man, I just hope they keep them coming. So let's move on to WrestleFest 1994, a Coliseum video uh, exclusive shot epic. It's WF136 in your Coliseum video catalog. This event absolutely uh, jumps off the page. There's two covers. There's an American cover featuring the same image of Shawn Michaels and Razor Ramon, as well as the UK image that has the same, but different backgrounds. One is gold and one is silver. I don't know why, but that seems to be uh, one of the little quirks that you get on um, collecting both of these uh, boxes, which also feature on the front, the Men on a Mission WrestleFest wrap. And it's exactly what you think it is. It's uh, men on a mission rapping about WrestleFest 94. Uh, this was one of the final tapes that they would have. 1995 would feature a couple more where they put a compilation of 
uh, house show related TV taping uh, related matches on collections like these. This was um, not in your traditional WrestleFest like it was in 1988, where it was a single standalone event. WrestleFest 94 featured uh, matches shot exclusively for Coliseum video. Uh, it features quite possibly one of the greatest tag team matches in WWF history. And I know great matches now happen on an every weekend basis, but this is one that never even saw the light of day or uh, a television set. And this is one I have mentioned before multiple times as being one of my favorite matches of all time. And that is the Hart brothers taking on the Steiner brothers from January 11th, 1994 in Florence, South Carolina. It was actually one of the final tapings that the Steiner brothers would actually appear in before they left the WWF. I believe their last event was uh, Royal Rumble 1994. And this was one of the last TV tapings that they uh, took place in. And what's great is that you get a uh, Gorilla Monsoon uh, commentary on this. And uh, Owen and Brett, this is before Owen turned, obviously, you know, working great as a team. You know, there weren't any kind of uh, little nods to a possible turn. It was just a straightforward brothers versus brothers uh, tag team match. And just top to bottom, um, it should have been a pay-per-view uh, high card match. It was so well done. It was uh, just an absolute uh, masterpiece. And uh, for this to be hidden on um, a, a tape like WrestleFest 94, it's one of those things. I think it's also a match I say that you have to go out of your way to, uh, to check out. Um, you won't be disappointed. And it's on a ton of releases. I believe it started coming back in the DVD era on Bret Hart's uh, Best There Is, Best There Was, Best There Ever Will Be compilation. Because he looks at it so high on his list of uh, great matches, and I can't see why he wouldn't. It's just so well done and so well put together. Um, we also have a uh, an Intercontinental Championship match on this. It's uh, Shawn Michaels taking on Razor Ramon, like you would see on the cover. And this one was actually recorded in September 1993, a little bit early in the build for WrestleMania 10, uh, Shawn Michaels would be out of the WWF for a little bit of time um, between September and uh, WrestleMania with some of the uh, issues he had going on. He'd appear here and there. But uh, this was uh, pretty much right after the amazing SummerSlam uh, that we had with Shawn Michaels and Mr. Perfect that could have gone a little bit better, but it, on paper, one of the great squared off contest that we could have ever pictured but this indeed uh not really the best match between sean and razor but still features a lot of the uh the typical uh spots you would normally see the fall away slam you know the super kick the uh the the sean michaels uh turnbuckle twist you see a lot of that great stuff but diesel pulls sean out of the ring causing a dq so razor would uh get the victory and um, it basically would uh, kind of become the template for what we would see for about the next year plus of Diesel, Sean, and Razor being involved in the Intercontinental title picture. But this is definitely one that you see uh, uh, on a WrestleFest. Again, here we go. We got two matches right up the top um, that could be on a pay-per-view and uh, very pay-per-view worthy at that time. Uh, this one near and dear to my heart. The Macho Man, Randy Savage, taking on the model, Rick Martel. This was in Rick Martel's Resurgence in 1994, where he got a semi-push uh, by Vince McMahon. 
that featured um, a couple matches with the Macho Man, one on Monday Night Raw. This one is from early 1994 with uh, Martel kind of play more of the uh, the jobber role. And, uh, you know, Macho Man being more on his last legs as well in the WWF. But uh, this year for Rick Martel, you know, look, we talked about the end of 93 where he had um, that great showing in the Intercontinental Championship Battle Royal. And, you know, he's also in the Survivor Series. Um, he was also in the Royal Rumble. And, you know, they tried to catch lightning in a bottle again with the model. But, um, you know, still a solid worker, still looked great. Him and the Macho Man, that's a great pairing. And, um, you know, this is, ends the way you know it would. It would end with a, uh elbow drop from the Macho Man, uh, pinning Rick Martel in the center of the ring. One, two, three. So look at those three matches right off the top. This is on a Coliseum video that you would rent in a video store or purchase for $59.95 outside of uh, the cover on a uh, WWF magazine. Uh, unbelievable. Now, how about this? We get our first WWF championship match. The champion in this tape would be the mighty Yokozuna. Uh, he would be taking on the greatest intercontinental champion of all time to some Mr. Perfect. And again, a huge main event match anywhere in the country as gorilla monsoon would say Yokozuna doesn't get the, uh, the love. I think he should. Now he is of course a hall of famer, uh, as he should be. You know, Mr. Perfect, obviously, Mr. Perfect and perfect in every way. And really, everything he does is pretty damn good. But, you know, this pairing doesn't really jump off the page to me, at least. Uh, this one from the Glen Falls Civic Center, um, you know, in 1993, because, you know, Perfect wasn't really wrestling that much in 1994, but um, kind of uh, that didn't sync up as well in the, the timeline. And a little more out of place because, like I said, Mr. Perfect not really featured uh, in 94. He's technically gone after Survivor Series 93. Um, but a little slower. I think that Mr. Perfect tried to kind of compensate for Yokozuna's size. But as we all know, Yokozuna was pretty damn agile for a big man. But it didn't seem like Mr. Perfect was anticipating such an agile opponent. And it seems like he's a little slower uh, trying to adjust for uh, Yokozuna's um, maybe what he thought was lack of speed, but you know, again, that's a hell of a world championship match to include on a tape compilation. Uh, if I ever saw one, uh, then we move on to a WWF tag team championship match. Oh, Yokozuna gets a victory over uh, Mr. Perfect. If you were, uh, you were wondering. So uh, with the bonsai drop, so a clean pin, for the mighty Yokozuna. Now move on to the Marty Jannetty and one, two, three kid combination taking on the head shrinkers. Now the champions were Marty and the kid, which if you know, they only had for a very short amount of time. It was basically what you would call a cup of coffee in the, uh, in the wrestling world. Um, as you know, Marty Jannetty and the one, two, three kid defeated the Quebecers and they would almost be defending these titles against Owen Hart and Bret Hart at Royal Rumble 1994 if it wasn't for the uh, eventual title change at Madison Square Garden, I think the night before the uh, Royal Rumble. But this time it was a little different. Um, this is a good match. It's pretty high-paced if you think about the kid and, and Jannetty at that point. Uh, I don't think that kid and Jannetty would have had a long-standing tag team uh, co-op. I think this was a great little casual team that they threw together. But again, I think if you 
look at the head shrinkers, they're kind of in the same bin that you see Yokozuna in, not as appreciated at the time, but in retrospect, I mean, especially Rikishi, AKA Fatu of the head shrinkers. He is just an unbelievable worker at this time. And he's not as big, obviously as he would be as uh, Rikishi a few years down the line, but man, he could just move around and some of the flips that he could do and, you know, getting hit or getting kicked. I mean, this guy could just twist and turn in such an unbelievable way. And seeing his splash off the top rope is like a thing of beauty because he hit it absolutely perfectly whenever he would go to that top rope and, and jump off either the shoulders of Samu or just come straight off the top rope. Unbelievable height he would get and just bounce right off the mat. And it just looked so devastating. And it's actually, it's kind of funny. I saw a clip shared on YouTube. I forget who, uh, on Twitter, somebody shared it the other day of uh, uh, Head Shrinker's squash match from Monday Night Raw. And oh my God, Samu kicks the shit out of this jobber and knocks him out and rolls him over to the corner to uh, tag out. And this dude just lays lifeless on the, uh, the ring apron. And it's quite the sight to see, but it just shows you they were a hard-hitting team that could fly when they needed to. And you put them with a team like the Marty Gennetti one, two, three kid combination. And uh, it's a pretty damn good match. You know, it's, it's high action. It's high octane. Uh, nice cameo by referee Bill Alfonso at the time, but um, Marty Janetti and the one, two, three kid uh, walking away with the victory and they uh, remain the tag team champions. But, you know, again, this was almost a one, two, three kid and Marty Janetti taking on the Hart brothers at Royal Rumble 1994. Could you believe that? What would it have been like? I don't know if it would have been as good as the, uh, the turn with the, uh, the Quebecers. Um, Diesel making his uh, presence felt on this video cassette, taking on a guy he would wrestle on multiple pay-per-views for this uh, this combination, and it is Diesel taking on Bret Hart. And this is, of course, after the turn of Owen Hart, because Owen Hart does play into the finish. But this is as Diesel, we see him working his way up the card. It's in February 1994, so Diesel already had his unbelievable coming out party in Providence at the uh, Royal Rumble and eliminating whatever it was, eight, nine, 10 guys. I don't have it in front of me, so I can't give you a firm number. Um, but Bret Hart um, and Diesel, a sign of things to come. They'd wrestle at King of the Ring 94. They'd wrestle at the uh, 1995 Royal, uh, was it? Yeah, 1995 Royal Rumble. They'd wrestle at the 1995 Survivor Series. They wrestle at the February 96 in your house. And here they are on a house show TV taping uh, for WrestleFest 94. But not what I would regard one of their best matches. A little slower. Again, you got to look at it from a TV taping perspective and a house show perspective. These guys didn't always put their A game out there as much as you know somebody like a Bret Hart would say they would be at the top of their game every night no matter what. You just see it's a little more mm, cookie cutter and repetitive of certain spots. Uh, but, you know, it, it makes it interesting. Um, also, you get Johnny Polo and Gorilla Monsoon on commentary for this one, which they are together for most of this. But uh, Johnny Polo uh, is especially uh, quirky during this match. And like I said, Owen Hart comes out while Diesel's in the sharpshooter and clocks Brett from behind. And... Um, Diesel kind of goes for the uh, the upset pin, um, 
and Shawn Michaels also there for the, uh, the the finish as well at ringside to help with Diesel's um, eventual uh, <laughs> win. But you know, what are you gonna do? It was uh, it's a pretty cool match to throw in on this video cassette, uh, which also features Jerry the King Lawler debuting a segment called the Coliseum King Corner. That is similar to a rowdy Roddy Piper Piper's pit where he basically just runs down Bret Hart and Helen Hart and Stu Hart. And it's kind of, uh, you know, I would say a throwaway segment, which is what they were always good for on uh, a Coliseum video. You know, they basically give you a couple sticky uh, little segments to mix in with the, um, you know, the great match quality that they could put on this tape. And really, I think it's very, like I had mentioned, all those other matches, very front heavy from my review. Um, I think they might be aired in a different order, but this is just how I'm running the match card down. Uh, the final match on this tape would be Adam Baum taking on, of course, we haven't seen this guy yet, The Undertaker. So The Undertaker, uh, kind of in his era of maybe feuding with guys that were just a little more bulky and not really uh, that much great of a worker of what we would see Undertaker kind of take on later on in his uh WWF slash WWE career. Um, this is really nothing to write home about. It's your basic undertaker match from that era. You know, a couple hope spots for Adam bomb to uh, work his way back, but undertaker eventually uh, does the deal. Uh, Johnny Polo is actually at ringside with Adam bomb. Um, he eats a choke slam undertaker pins Adam bomb. And that is all she wrote. It's basically the template for every undertaker match between 1991 and about 1995, 1996. Uh, but on this card, look, on this tape, you got Diesel, you got Brett, you got Razor, you got Sean, you got The Undertaker, you got the Steiner brothers, you got the one, two, three kid, Marty Jannetty, the macho man. And I mean, who else do you want to throw on that list? I guess, yeah, Yokozuna, Mr. Perfect. I mean, that's 12 incredible superstars on one tape. And basically every match is uh, is worth the price of admission, you know, and whether or not you paid the fifty nine ninety five for it back in the day, or you rented it and never gave it back to the video store and eventually owed fifty nine ninety five in fees, it was worth your investment of time because this is a great all time Coliseum video. Um, not as rare as I think it was at one point. This one was still in the Coliseum videos were floating around a little bit in the video store shelves. It was when you got into 95 that some of the compilations started to, um, you know, take on a life of their own and, and become more rare because the video stores weren't moving these things anymore because the new generation to some wasn't the best, but I uh, completely uh, endorse WrestleFest 94. I thank Scott Smith for, uh, bringing this to the table and wanting that combination of Coliseum Chad and uh, new generation declassified. Uh, but I got to take a minute here and give a little bit of credit uh, to the man who made it all possible, who retired last week. And that is Vince McMahon uh, getting the chance to work in the WWE very briefly for a small piece of time. Like I did, I never actually got to cross paths with Vince. Um, he was in the building, I think once or twice when I was there but it was like, you know, a mythical figure for people at my level in the company when I was there for, again, that very small cup of coffee. But uh, how can you deny the contributions made by Vince McMahon? And when we look at the new generation and we talk about, 
its peaks and its valleys. You know, there's a lot of bad stuff and there was a lot of things going on at the time, but you got to give the devil his due. And even though he was uh, taking on a steroid scandal and a ring boy scandal and the federal government and the New York Post and everybody in between, you know, he still managed to come out of this kind of soft era for WWF business and see the monster years of the Attitude Era, which this is the prelude to Attitude. We covered that in the past, but you got to give Vince McMahon a tip of the cap. And it's going to be weird that he's not technically around i'm sure he'll be around in some capacity but in talking to people this week who worked at wwe as well uh and even wrestlers that told me they might not like him but it's going to be weird that he's not around and it's just kind of hard to believe that there's going to be a, a wwe with not vince mcmahon behind the wheel every week and will it make it better or will people kind of think it stays the same i guess that remains to be seen but you know, every time you throw on a new generation superstars, you hear Vince. Every time you throw on a new generation Monday Night Raw, you hear Vince. And he was such a great voice for his product. And especially during this time when the business was down, again, you can't do anything but just admire what the guy built because I would say probably 99.999% of wrestling fans wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the WWF at this point, because I, I would say a lot of fans from the the seventies and early eighties either aren't as invested anymore, or, you know, unfortunately might not be around to uh, give their take, but for us eighties and the nineties kids who are now these uh, nostalgia machines it's all because of the WWF, and I, I really defy anybody to challenge that because, uh, you know, if you're listening to New Generation Declassified, you're not, like, sitting there on the edge of your seat waiting for uh, the first episode of, uh, you know, Jim Crockett Promotions Revisited, but I think a couple people have said it. In 2022, Vince McMahon is not with the WWE anymore, and Jim Crockett Promotions is promoting a match which happens to be Ric Flair's final match featuring new generation alumni one uh, double J Jeff Jarrett. So new generation is still relevant in every way, shape and form. And that's what we talk about here on new generation declassified. So we will get out of here for this week. I appreciate you spending a couple of minutes with me to talk about WrestleFest 94. Of course, let me know what you think of this grand Coliseum video entry into the new generation pantheon of time. Uh, if I said that right, if I didn't, I'm sure I'll hear it back in an audio clip uh, presented to me, but that's why I love certain people out there who do that. Cause they, uh, they're great. Just like Jeff Jarrett. Ain't he great? Uh, you know who you are, but we'll get out of here for this week. If you want to follow me, it's at Chad EMB on Twitter. It's at IB exclusives on Instagram my website is ibexclusives.com. The t-shirt website is beyond, uh, below the collar. It doesn't say beyond the collar. Below the collar.com slash ibexclusives. Get yourself an IB exclusives t-shirt as well as the Chadster t-shirt. And uh, please support the Chadster because we would really appreciate it in the, uh, the Chadster household. And, um, you know, support everything going on with the TMPT Empire as well as the other show I'm working on, which is Eyes Up Here with the Queen of Extreme Francine. Anybody and everybody who listens to us has a great time, so why don't you come over and join all those great people and make yourself a listener of the Eyes Up Here universe. So 
Thank you so much. Go rent WrestleFest 94 from wherever you get your video cassettes. And for the WWF's new generation era, this is the Chadster. We will catch you on the flip side. Another chop. Being manhandled. Yes, he is. Irish whip now to the far Oh, he hit so hard. The ring just moved a couple of inches. Yoko's in a soul strong. Well, Yoko's taking away a perfect card. And that's his speed and agility and quickness. Luckily, Mr. Perfect move there, he would have been pancaked. And he sends a couple of rights into the jaw of Yokozuna. But here again, he's playing into the hand of the big guy. Just can't seem to take Yokozuna off his feet. Hitting him with everything but the kitchen sink, and all the big guy's doing is staggering. Going up top for levers now, Bear. Yes. There he goes. Yeah, he did it. Bear closed one up the second rope. Finally took Yokozuna down. But look at Yoko almost up as quickly as Mr. Perfect. How can a man that's that big move with the agility that he does? It's amazing. Well, Fuji has instilled upon him how important it is not to get caught on the canvas. Reversal by Yokozuna. And then he turned his back. Perhaps uh, uh, the tank is getting empty. Yeah, perhaps that gas tank is running low. He may be doing it positively here. Mr. Fuji distracting Mr. Perfect. Oh, no, look here. Oh, my. Just pancaked him in the corner. From the backside, nowhere to go, and uh-oh. Double thrust to the throat. He could be in the land of no return here. Well, he's setting him up for that bonsai drop. If he lands this, I dare say it'll be all over for Mr. Perfect. Second turn buckle on the inside. Fuji orchestrating oh, everything. Oh, oh. That's got to do it. Thanks for listening to the two-man power trip of wrestling. What the world is downloading.